there, this is Jen Wade, part of the core team here at Springs Church. We just want to say thank you so much for joining us and listening to our podcast. We are praying that it encourages you and it inspires you. And if you'd like to find out more about Springs Church, please visit our website, springschurch.co.uk. Here's today's message. Tonight is our last in this series of, 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 of a series of preaches that we've called God Has a Name. And I trust that you've been blessed like I've been blessed over the last few weeks. It's been great hearing from some new preachers as well, hasn't it? Do you think we should invite them back? Do you reckon? Sam was amazing last week. Amelia, Sam Owen. Who else we had? Rachel Wright. Brilliant. Have you enjoyed getting to know him a bit better? Enjoyed finding out a few nicknames? Yeah? Very good. Who have we got? We've got Sammy Diddle. We've got Legolas. That's my own name for him. We've got Meals. Where is she? There she is. We've got Johnny Two Shots, the captain. Who else we had? We've got the Wildsmiths, but we couldn't repeat Lindsay, so I'm going to give you my own nickname for the Wildsmith. It's the Wildebeests. <laughs> you can have that for free. We've had Ed Sheeran slash Scolsey. Who was that? That <laughs> uh, was Ben Wade. It's okay. He's red of hair. It's okay. And then uh, in the first week, I, I kind of announced that I had a nickname as a teacher that was Thor. But I don't know. I'll give you two more. There's an obvious one that I had, P- Peter Pan. That's pretty obvious. Uh, Peter Left. Peter Wrong, because my name's Peter Wright, in it? Um, but maybe the most creative play on of words was um, Peter Bix. That's all right, isn't it? Peter Bix. Macaroni, as in pasta. That's hilarious. I'll take that. I'll take that. Actually, I reckon my son has probably got one of the best nicknames. Um, we call uh, our son is called Joel. We call him Jolie, and over the years it morphed into Jolie Jolie Guacamole. These days, it's not unusual for you to hear me shout my son and call him by the name Guaca. So if anyone ever wonders why I call Joel Guaca, it is because it's Guacamole Jolie Jolie Guacamole from Joel. And uh, yeah, so there you go. And back in the day when he was at primary school, if a friend was picking uh, Joel up from school, there'd have to be a password. And the password was guacamole. And uh, they'd always look at me like, why is the password guacamole? And I say, it's a long story. And then they'd say, how do you spell it? And then I'd just go, nah, you can do that on your own. So uh, Joely, Joely guacamole. Very good, very good. God has a name. In fact, he has many names. Do we know that by now? Uh, He is one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And yet throughout Scripture, God either announces a new name for himself or the people of God give God a name to reflect their experience and their revelation of him. It's good news. Are you with me tonight? Come on now. So tonight is the last name of God that we're looking at. And it is this name. It's going to come up on the screen. Have a go at saying that, everyone. Have a go at saying that. Enjoy that. Enjoy that. Jehovah Mekodeshkim. Or Mekadishkem, one of those. Or the shortened version is Jehovah Mekadesh. Jehovah Mekadeshkim. What on earth does that mean? Jehovah Mekadeshkim means this, the Lord who sanctifies. Just turn to the person next to you and say the word sanctifies. The Lord who sanctifies. Okay. Before we get into that a little bit more, and um, I, I just need to give a bit of context. As you already know, cheers, as we already know, the people of God, the Israelites, had been brought out of slavery from where? Egypt. They'd come out of Egypt. Oh, no, I'm testing you tonight. All right. 
God brought the people of God out of Egypt, out of slavery. And as they're on their way to what will be their promised land, the land where they will settle and have families and grow and become a great nation, and the nation that will announce the goodness of God here on earth, God meets them in the wilderness. Now, before I carry on, you need to understand this, that the people of God, have we got any people of God in the room tonight? The people of God, from ancient times to tonight in this little chapel, have always been called to be a lighthouse to a world that is lost at sea. Did you hear me tonight? And it was that, that was the case at the beginning, and it's the case tonight. You see, God's people have always been set free in order to bring freedom to others. Did you know that? Sitting in our not-so-comfortable pews tonight, a little bit chilly, we can play church or we can remember the mission that God has for us. We are free to bring freedom. Amen? In Leviticus, God is urging his people that are moving towards their promised land. And he's basically saying this, listen, you're not to be like the rest of the world. You're meant to be like me. Did you hear that tonight? When he said this, just before he says this, he says, listen, the world is going after mediums and necromancers and witches and warlocks. People are desperate to fill their spiritual voids. You're not to be like that. You set yourself apart for me. And then this is what he says in Leviticus chapter 20, verse 7 to 8. Read it with me, would you? Consecrate yourselves and be holy, because I am the Lord your God. Keep my decrees and follow them. I am the Lord who makes you holy. Wow. Consecrate yourselves. I am the Lord that makes you holy. Let's deal with the last bit first. I am the Lord that makes you holy. That phrase there comes from the name of God, Jehovah Makadeshkin. I am the Lord who makes you holy. Makadeshkin, it means sanctify. In other words, make saintly, sacred, holy, dedicate. That's what this word means. I am the Lord who sets you apart. I am the Lord who dedicates you to a life with me. I am the Lord who makes you holy. Not makes you holy as in makes you do something you don't want to do, but in the same way that something worth crafting takes a while to make, he is the Lord who makes us holy. Do you remember Jesus said to his disciples, I will make you fishers of men. I will, I will teach you. I will, I will show you how it's done. He is the Lord who makes us holy. Uh, can I just uh, let you know something tonight? If you are a Christian, if you believe Jesus died for you and you believe and your trust is in him, you are holy. Take a look at the person next to you. Do you reckon they look holy? If they know Jesus, the scriptures, and the witness of the Holy Spirit teaches us that you are holy tonight. What does that mean? It means that you're special. It means that you're set apart. It means that you've got a special purpose. Listen to what uh, the disciple and then Apostle Peter says, coming on the screen. In 1 Peter chapter 2, he says, right, listen, this is you lot, if you believe. You are a chosen people. Not an accidental people, a chosen people. A royal priesthood. Princes, princesses, priests of God. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful. Once you were not a people... But now you are the people of God. Once you would not receive mercy, 
but now you have received mercy. Is that good tonight? You are a chosen people. How nice does that feel? Chosen. Did you ever line up waiting for someone to pick you for the football team on the playground and then you were last? Or maybe you were one of the lucky ones and you were one of the captains because you were so good at footy, right? George Bowerman, right? You are chosen, not last in line, chosen. Now, I need you to understand this tonight. The mercy of God is for everyone on planet Earth. Do you understand that? But the ones who are chosen are the ones who receive God's mercy. Does that make sense? God's mercy is for everyone, but it's to be received. And when it's received, you can know you are chosen. So holy. God who sanctifies, you are consecrated. Church, you are dedicated. You're set apart and you're special. Did you know that your life is an outpost of the kingdom of heaven? Did you know that? You carry the spirit of God, the redeemer of all things, in your heart and life. You are an embassy of the kingdom of heaven. You are holy. Just silently in your heart, I dare you to even say the phrase, I am holy. I am holy. I am. I am holy. Church, holy is not about looking down your nose at sinners and sufferers and judging and rejecting people. That's not what holy means. Thank goodness. Holiness is not about cold-hearted, holier-than-thou attitudes. Being holy is not about lording it over anyone that's not a Christian. Holiness is not about standing on religious pedestals, rubbing people's shortcomings back in their faces. That's not what holiness is. Holiness is not us thinking that we're worth more to God than anybody else. Holiness is some of these things. Recognizing that I was a sinner, but he's made me a saint. Hello? Holiness is about being holy growing into the robe of righteousness that he has gifted us. To be holy means to recognize that you have a life in the light of God to live on purpose. It's easy to be a Christian and do churchianity and faith by culture and family history. It's altogether different to live on purpose following Jesus. Can I encourage you with this phrase? To live holy means to be the truest you in the light of who you are in Christ. I want to be the truest me in the light of who I am in Christ. Anyone else? I want to know. I want to journey towards that. So why does the Lord sanctify us? Why does he consecrate us? Why does he make us holy? It's because of this word grace. Have you heard the word? Grace. The grace of God means the unmerited, unearnable favor and blessing of God's heart towards you. His grace. What have I done to deserve God's grace? Nothing. And neither of you. What has God done to deserve relationship with me? Everything. Everything. Listen to what Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to 10 says. It says, And you were dead in your sins in which you once walked 
following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of our body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. Everyone say, but God. But God, being rich in mercy, amen, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our sins, made us alive together with Christ. It is by that you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For it is by that you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of work so that anyone can boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, for which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Did you know God has prepared good works for you and for me? Did you know that tonight? There is nothing we could do to earn our way into heaven. Have we got any Bible-believing people in the place tonight? I'm a pretty good man. I'm all right. That was a stunned silence. I'm a relatively good guy. But my very, very best efforts would always come short of the purity required for me to dwell in heaven with the Lord. Are you with me tonight? I need the grace of God. You need the grace of God. Thank goodness for the grace of God. Jehovah Mekashit, he's the one that sanctifies us. We can't even pronounce half his names. It's a good job he came to earth and made it simple in Jesus. Thank goodness for the grace of God. Come on. <laughs> I am the Lord who sanctifies you. Why he sanctified us is because of his grace. We receive his grace when we not just know about his mercy, but say, yeah, I receive your mercy. I have a revelation that I fall short of purity, and I want you, God. Thank you, Jesus. How has the Lord sanctified us? When Jesus died on the cross, it's true what he said. He took all of our sin, past, present, and future, on himself. And when he died, sin and death were utterly, utterly defeated. And then here's what happens. When we accept what Jesus did for us, I think this is God's attitude. God's heart towards us is, you accept my son, I accept you. You accept my son died for you, I accept you as my son and daughter. The righteousness of my son now covers you because of your faith in him. Is that good news tonight? And as Jesus is set aside as holy, his righteousness that now rests on you marks you too as holy. This is the gospel. This is our hope. Isn't it good? Did you notice, let's get the uh, scripture, uh, the first scripture back on if that's okay, Stella Vision. Uh, Leviticus chapter 20, verses 7 to 8. He said, consecrate yourselves and be holy. Because I am the Lord your God. I am the Lord who makes you holy. Here it is tonight then, church. Because the word holy is not popular in our day and our culture. It's not even popular in some churches. Because it's assumed that if we preach holiness, what we're doing is we're pre preaching, be separate from the world and forget the lost. No. We are called to be in the world, just not of it. We're going to preach holiness. 
God's got some beautiful things to achieve in us if we go that way. The first thing the Lord says, he says, consecrate yourself. Why? Because I've made you holy. Be who you are now. Come on. Don't be like everyone else. The world that surrounds you is godless, but you've been called to be godly. (laughs) We have to realize that putting our faith in Jesus gives us a brand new start. Not a new start to make old mistakes, but a brand new start to live holy and different because of his love present in us. Come on. Church, we are saved to enable salvation for others. Make the way easier for others. We are blessed to be a blessing. If you're blessed today, it's because God wants you blessed. He also wants you to pay it forward. Blessed to be a blessing. We've been given the light to be a light. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. But now you are the light of the world. Be holy. Be holy, it says. What I love about those two words together, be holy, he doesn't say, be holy someday. He doesn't say, remember the one time that you were actually holy, or so you thought. It's wonderfully present tense. Did you notice that? Be holy. Just be be holy. Be holy. What does that mean? Be holy. I reckon it means this. Right now, in this present moment that we are sharing together, let's realize that he's brought us together for good things. Let's be holy together and in our hearts just give him honor and praise and worship. Be holy. What did Jesus have to say about holiness and sanctification? Towards the end of John, in John chapter 17, he's praying for his disciples. Jesus is about to be crucified and he's he's praying for his disciples, but he also wedges a prayer in that includes you and me. Did you know that? Did you know there's actually a record of Jesus praying for you in the scriptures? Did you know that? How special is that? This is what Jesus says. He's praying about his disciples. He says, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, God, but that you would protect them from the evil one. They're not of this world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them. In other words, consecrate my disciples, set them apart, make them God different. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. This is Jesus praying. He says to God, he says, as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them, I sanctify myself. What's Jesus saying? He says, this perfect life that I have lived, I'm about to bleed and die for. I have consecrated myself set myself apart, chose to be God different so that they too may be truly sanctified. Is that incredible? And then he finishes with this. Well, he carries on actually, but I'm stopping at this verse 20. He says, my prayer is not just for these disciples here present. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Do you know who that is? It's you. He was praying that that God would sanctify us as he has been sanctified so that we can know and live and breathe godly lives. Is that good news tonight? Jesus said this particularly interesting thing in Matthew chapter 5 verse 48 in front of thousands of people. He says, be perfect therefore as your heavenly father is perfect. Jesus, are you kidding? How on earth are we meant to live perfect? Perfect. 
I'm pretty sure the Lord had already said, I will make you holy, knew that it was a process, not a crazy robotic change. Be perfect. What's he saying? He's saying, focus on the one who is perfect, following his ways. Be like him. Follow Jesus' example. Follow your Father in heaven. Church, I want to encourage you tonight. Now that we know who we are in God, now that we know who we know, God, let us be who we're called to be. Amen? We're not called to live like the world. We're called to live like Jesus. A believer in and of Jesus is transferred out of the kingdom of darkness and put into the kingdom of light. We are in the world, but not to be of the world. Born again into a new life that resembles the old life less and less and looks more and more like Jesus. He has sanctified us to enable us to live a sanctified life. We come to Jesus as we are, but he loves us too much to leave us as we are. Hello? He has saved us by his light, and we are to live in that light. God who sanctifies us. How on earth is it possible for us to live holy, set-apart lives? I am grateful for the Word of God, are you? Because the Apostle Paul, who trod this road himself, he says in Philippians 1.6, he said, He who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. Well, on the screen it says, He who began a good work in you will carry on to completion until the Lord comes again. Church, remember, it is God who sanctifies you. Can we sanctify ourselves? But can we consecrate ourselves? Yeah. We can make decisions to live for Christ. You might remember Peter, the first disciple that Jesus ever called. By the time he wrote his letter, he'd come a very, very long way from that day where he'd been out all night trying to catch fish and just not having a good old time. That day that Jesus met him on the beach and said, follow me, he's come a long way since then. Listen to what Peter says. He's so excited to write this letter, 2 Peter 1, verse 1 to 11. He says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus. He wasn't always, that was he. He was a fisherman from downtown Bethsaida at one point. To those who through the righteousness of God, our Savior Jesus Christ, have received a faith as precious as ours. He's writing to you and me. Do you know that? Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Now listen to this. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us very great and precious promises so that uh, through them we may participate in what? In the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption of the world caused by evil desires, for this very reason, make every effort. Can I just say, it takes a lot of effort sometimes living for Jesus, doesn't it, church? It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of going against the grain and swimming against the current. He says, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, mutual affection, affection and love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Is there anyone in this room that wants to be effective for the gospel? Is there anyone in this room that wants to be productive 
to be light in this world. What is he saying? Whoever does not have these things or doesn't pursue these things is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed of their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to receive a rich welcome when I reach heaven's gates one day. Anyone with me today? And the Lord who sanctifies us gives us the opportunity to live and to lead holy lives. How do we then confirm the call? He gave us a list of things. Church, Start by practicing goodness. Do you think we can have a go at that? Let's practice some goodness. Seek out knowledge of God and understanding of people so that we have compassion for all sorts of people. Let's have some self-control. Somebody might need to hear this tonight. Rein yourself in. That habit that you're letting get away with you. Rein it in. Have some self-control, bro. Give yourself a pep talk. Master your emotions. Don't become mastered by your emotions persevere. Someone needs to hear tonight, don't quit. Whoever you are, don't quit. Do what Jesus did. It's a pretty simple one. Be kind. Be kind. Be kind. Grow in love. Grow in love. Peter says, confirm the call. Not do things to make sure you're saved. But because you're saved, do things that reflect that. Bless you, Lord. Last thing I'll say tonight, just to help us in our journeys, is this. You might not realize it, but you need the people in this room more than you think you do. I need the people in this room more than perhaps I know I do. We need each other. Did you know that, church? We actually need each other. I don't know where I'd be if it wasn't for people encouraging me in my faith walk. I think I would have quit at some points. Anyone with me? I don't know where I'd be without the, without the advice and the wisdom of brothers and sisters of Christ. I don't know where I'd be without my godly natural family. But I don't know where I'd be without my spiritual family. I don't know where I'd be without John Rowe. You with me tonight? I don't, know, I don't know where my kids would be without their youth leaders. Are you with me tonight, church? I don't know where I'd be without my life group. I don't know where my life group would be without me. Do you see what I'm saying? We need each other. We need to encourage one another. And listen, here's the thing. If we see each other going off on a tangent and away from the paths that God would ordain for us, it's actually our responsibility to lovingly say to our brothers and sisters in Christ, hey, listen, that ain't really the way the Lord wants things to go right now. Come back. Come back. Come back. And sometimes that will be received very, very well. And other times it will be rejected and it hurts like hell. But we are called to encourage one another in our faith. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12 to 13, it says this. See to it, brothers and sisters that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Let's help each other. Sometimes you're trying to run your race. 
but you can't even see where the track lines are. Sometimes you need a brother or a sister to just go, hey, that's, that's where I hear you need to run now. Come on. So church, come on. You can do this. You are holy. You are set apart. Church, you can grow in love. Church, you can turn the other cheek. Did you know you can turn the other cheek? Church, you can treat others as you would want to be treated. Church, we can have courage to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Church, we can have confidence. We don't have to lose hope. Amen. So can I encourage you some very practical things, which is very different for me because I'm very, you know, ethereal most of the time. Some practical things. How can we consecrate ourselves because he has made us holy? Three things. Resting. Does that sound good? One of Ben Wade's favorite scriptures is he gives sleep to those he loves, which is partly his excuse for dropping off in some leadership meetings. That's no, not fair on Ben. Resting, reflecting, and repentance. Practical things. Number one, this scripture, this, this God who sanctifies us, he's closely connected with the idea of Sabbath. That is take a break, down tools, stop God saying to us as his people, you're not to be 24-7 like the world. You're meant to rest to remember who actually is your provider. Right? Like rest. And when we make space in a rest, when we just steal five or ten minutes, maybe every single day, maybe we can steal an hour at points in the week or, or maybe once a year we can just like diary a whole afternoon where we just go and walk and talk with God. But I just want to encourage you, when we, when we rest in God, there is space for us to hear and see him clearly, more clearly, you know? So rest. And as you rest, you'll be able to reflect and enjoy the journey that you're going on with the Lord. And as you're reflecting on your journey, reflecting on your life, the beautiful kindness of the Holy Spirit will say, hey, listen, there's another level for us to go in that area of our lives. There's another, there's another thing that, that I want you to know. There's, there's a different way I want you to live. And as, as we rest and make space, we get to reflect and hear from God more clearly. And then that can lead us to repentance. Now, I'm not going to get on that old pulpit and start bashing the pulpit and saying, repent, you sinners. We get the wrong idea of repentance. Repentance is this. Repentance is turning from the way we were and turning towards the way God would have us live. It's really quite that simple. Really quite that simple. Sam and I went canoeing um, back in June across Scotland. It was amazing. One of the best things I've ever done in my life. And while Sam was the powerhouse at the front of the canoe making the motion happen and taking us forward, I got the job most of the time because I knew it was easier. And, uh, and I, I was in the back of the canoe and I was just gently using my oar as a rudder. I barely, had to, I barely had to edge it. I barely had to turn it. But it completely changed the direction of things. Does that make sense? Repentance is like that. When we're running our race and we're going forward, but we just, Lord, I recognize that I'm not quite going the direction you want correct my course. Sometimes that involves forgiveness and asking for forgiveness as well. But rest, reflect and embrace repentance. Amen. Amen. That first scripture, one last time, God has a name. Consecrate yourselves and be holy because I am the Lord your God. Keep my decrees and follow them. I am the Lord who makes you holy. Thank you, Jesus.
Let's just bow our heads for a second. Perhaps tonight you didn't realize that holiness is, is the hallmark of who you are now in Jesus. And perhaps you didn't realize there's a, a responsibility on your own life to, to decide to follow Jesus, to make decisions that honor God. In your heart of hearts tonight, perhaps you want to pray, Lord, I consecrate my life to you again. I rededicate who I am to you who makes me holy. In this room tonight, there is freedom to repent and say, God, I know that ain't right. Thank you for your forgiveness. I choose to follow you with more strength and more might than ever before. Almighty God, I thank you that you don't call us to be like the world, but you call us to be in the world, just not of it. Father, I pray, God, that this church would begin to shine brighter and brighter and brighter because of the dedication of souls chasing after you and wanting you more than anything else. Ask for your freedom and your leadership. Father, thank you for all that you've called us to do. Amen. Amen. Bless you, church. Thank you. My God's coming. My God's coming. I know that in everything, in every season, you remain faithful. I know that you are here perfectly. Trial, I will know forever. My God's 
where you are this morning let's just be aware of his presence let's come before him right now thank you Jesus we worship you Lord we know that you've got us Lord safe and secure we bless you today yeah in Hebrews 10 it says so many amazing things but in verse 22 it says this let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. I just love that. As Pete said before, that even though we can be separated, we can all be in one place, and that is the presence of God. Church, I just want to encourage us what Hebrews 10 says here so just let us draw near I love how Jesus has abolished every reason why we can't be close to God he's completely removed every veil that was between us and God and together as a community together as a body throughout the whole world we can all draw near to one God in one presence and that's the presence of our Father in heaven thank you Lord how amazing is that so yeah just in your hearts Let's just begin right now, just to draw nearer and closer and closer and closer right now. Yeah, in the book of James, it says that, come and draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks again for listening. To hear more of our messages, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast channel for past preachers. If you feel like you got something out of today's message, why not share it with your friends and spread the good news of Jesus? We are praying for you. We love you. So please, if you need anything at all, check out springschurch.co.uk. God bless.